I have had guys do a celebratory virgin dance in front of me. It looks a lot like an Irish jig. They're both black, which made it even stranger. But <laughs> I don't need to necessarily be dating someone or having sex with someone to be having a fulfilling, like, well-connected life. I feel like if you went to someone, right, that was trying to pick you up and you were like, I'm asexual, <laughs> they'd be like, oh, me too, baby. What type of freaky <laughs> thing is that, huh? Welcome to Stereotype, where we crush stereotypes one episode at a time. I'm your host, DJ Crystal Lake, and if you have not done so already, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Music. Doing that tells the algorithm to boost this episode for the people to see. It's the best way to support this channel, and it would mean so much to me. Today, we'll be talking about asexual stereotypes with my special guest, Yasmin Benoit. We're covering the topics like, does being asexual mean you can't find love? Are all asexuals virgins? And what does being asexual mean? Let's get into it. Thanks for having me. Yasmin is a model and asexual activist. She has been featured in GQ, Teen Vogue, and she even made history at the Rainbow Honors by being the first asexual activist to win Campaigner Influencer of the Year. And I was not expecting to win though. I was wearing trainers that day. I was not ready <laughs> to go on stage. I was watching your video when you got it and you were just like, <gasps> I wasn't prepared. I was wearing a dress that was like three years old. I was like, I don't need to dress up for this one. No one's gonna notice I'm here. I'm nominated against really cool people, so I can just chill, drink, eat. No one's gonna notice, and then I freaking want it. Who <laughs> like, okay. kept snatching up all the awards this year? So I'm so happy that people are able to see you and your message because so many people don't know about asexuality at all, which actually leads me into this: What is asexuality? If you Google it, you're gonna get like a hundred different definitions, but the most general, widely accepted definition by most asexual people is that you experience a lack of sexual attraction towards anyone regardless of their gender. I was doing some research on it before and pulled up that you can be sexually attracted sometimes. It's just like low or kind of non-existent. Is that how it is? On a sliding scale, it, it could be a total zero. For me, it's like a zero, but depending on where you fall on the spectrum, it could be on a very, very, very rare occasion, or it could be on a very, very rare occasion. For example, if you're demisexual, then you might experience sexual attraction all the time, but it might be towards one person on the planet. So mm. it's more like the quantity rather than the quality. But the overarching theme is that it just tends to be like not very much in terms of like the entire population. So when did you hear about asexuality? And was it when you started realizing like, oh, this might be me? I realized I was feeling something different to other people when I was like 11, which was when people kind of started like crushing on people. And you know, kids just stopped wanting to play with each other. They started like fancying each other and wanting to date each other, whatever that means when you're 11. I don't know, I didn't get it. But I thought, okay, I don't get it, but I assume it's gonna kick in, but it just kind of didn't. And everything just kind of stayed the same. And it kind of becomes more noticeable as you get older. And it was kind of through other people making inquiries about me, to me, making me psychoanalyze myself, psychoanalyzing me. Yo, the holidays must have been crazy for you. <laughs> well, you know, it was like, it was never family members. It was just people at school because I was a teenager in like the peak Tumblr era. And I went to an all girls school. So everyone was like a little bi anyway. So knowing <laughs> people were kind of interested in like more obscure orientations and everyone kind of wanted to know like their label and like, 
it, it, it was very obvious that I was like, just not about that life. And so people were like, so what's your deal? And I was like, I don't really have one. And then eventually it's almost like maybe you're okay sexual or something, which is the term they most likely heard on Tumblr because it was my friend who's on Tumblr, which I was not. <laughs> And then I was like, all right, let me Google this. And I did some Googling and I went on YouTube and I went on asexuality.org and I probably dipped a toe in Tumblr, but did not spend much time there. I Tumblr was lit. You didn't, you, <laughs> wait, you weren't at, on Tumblr at all? Like you completely missed that? I very much missed it. I never had an account. It's kind of like me having a vague awareness of YouTubers, even though I didn't have a YouTube account for years. It's you like, look like you're a Tumblr. I give that energy. I give like Nightmare like Before Christmas Tumblr. anime energy. Yes! Because <laughs> I don't watch anime. I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas and I don't use Tumblr. So. Whoa. I know. I know. Is that the day you did go on Tumblr and you looked up? I did. I dipped a toe in and I was like, I'm not going to spend too much time here because it seems like a lot, but I'm getting the gist. I literally took the information I needed and was like, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> and then just spent no more time on social media. Wow. <laughs> The thing about Tumblr, though, right, is I feel like everybody found their community on there. I feel like there were so many little niches on Tumblr and people were, like, finding out about themselves. I feel like there was probably a thriving asexual niche. There was, There is and was, and it was a very big thing there, but I was not social. And I was like, this still counts as socializing, even if it's on a computer. I don't care. I don't want to <laughs> talk to you here either. What is the biggest stereotype that you hear being asexual? The main thing is that people, even even within the ace community as a thing, is that people sort of see it as a reflection of your personality type and your interests and just like other aspects of your character, which should be completely unrelated to your sexual orientation. I find it very annoying, but like everyone kind of does it, even ace people do it. Um, and it's kind of just like that you should be sort of low key or like you don't really get sex. It's so confusing. I don't understand. It's like, no, I do. I get it. I just don't do it. Whenever I'm out with my straight friends and I'm in the club, there's always some guy that will like come up to me and be like, oh, hey. And I'll be like, oh, I'm lesbian. And then they'll be like, you just didn't have the right peen yet. <laughs> That is very much, yes, the whole, oh, you haven't met the right person yet. Like, oh, you're too young to know what your sexual orientation is. I feel like if I was straight, I could have worked it out by the time I was 10 and everyone would have been quite content with that. <laughs> but if you're anything but, then all of a sudden, it's like you just don't know for some reason. Yeah, I could already just hear the people saying asexual people just didn't have the right peen. Or like just think that asexual people are just virgins as well mm -hmm. i mean i happen i am but that's not a preconceived <laughs> that's not a prerequisite i just happen to also be one of those yeah but yes i always find like whenever guys say that to me such like straight guys and they're like oh you know you just haven't you know had the right guy yet and i'm like well maybe you're gay and you just haven't had the right yes. guy yet i mean if we're gonna apply this logic fairly then there is by that logic you could easily be gay and you just haven't noticed either Honestly. like if my sexuality can be unlocked by the right penis and so can yours yeah when people are starting to realize they have crushes when you know when they were 11 and when they were young did you ever have a crush where you were like damn i want to get with that person in it wasn't really like I want to be with them. It was kind of like I kind of want to be them. Like I just want to incorporate them into me, but not in a sexual way. Yeah, yeah. My first one was probably like Lego Last from Lord of the Rings. I wanted to be him. I like took archery classes and everything. It's like I want to oh. be him. <laughs> and then like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. I was like, I'm going to dress oh like him. And now I do. So 
it's like it's not like I don't want to be with you. I just want to incorporate elements of you that I find cool into me. That was kind of more the way like my crushes tended to work. Are you ready to play a game? Yeah. Are you ready to play a game? I'm ready. Okay, so this game is called Would You Rather? You oh, know the rules. I know the rules. <laughs> I prepared something special for you. Would you rather be locked in a room with Kanye or Pierce Morgan? Ooh. And this will have to be for a month. A month? <laughs> you know what? It's weird, but I feel like I would choose Pierce. I feel like I, Kanye would exhaust me, but I feel like by the end of it, me and Pierce might be able to shake hands and remain mutuals, you know? Yeah, Kanye would just annoy the hell out of me. I feel like I would get into an argument with both, obviously. <laughs> yes. But I feel like Pierce just wouldn't want to talk to me after one point. And then third day, we're not we're just not talking. And I could do I could do really well in a room without having to talk to someone. And I feel like Kanye will always be trying to talk and try to prove that he's right. I feel like he be I feel like he wouldn't even be talking with you. He'd be talking at you and just not really caring about whether you're engaging in the conversation or not. I feel like he'd just be on his own wavelength and you just have to endure it. And that would drive me kind of crazy. Yeah. And I feel like even if I'm not talking, he will probably be shouting at a wall. He'd just be doing his own thing. He'd probably leave that whatever isolated space you're in, having just made an album in that time. And you're just kind of like, I witnessed this, but I played no role. Because yeah. he didn't. Like, he hardly acknowledged that I was there the whole time. Second one, yeah. Would you rather be a millionaire but live in the 1940s for five years? Or would you be broke and time travel to 2070 for five years? As a history nerd, I'd go back. I don't want to know what the future holds. Let's leave that suspicion of us. I'll be jaded about things I shouldn't even have lived through. But I feel oh. like in the 1940s, if I was rich and it was only for five years and it's like post-World War II and that sort of coming back together, I feel like that could be, or would it not actually? You're bugging. You would probably die in those five years. But if you're rich, I feel like you wouldn't die. Yeah, if you powder yourself enough with white powder... Oh, uh, wait, wait, what country are we talking about, though? Oh, yeah. Because I'm thinking in the UK, I feel like I'd be kind of okay. Everybody listening to this, Yasmin is not By even the way, American. I'm British, so I was thinking of this in the UK. No, in America, God, no, Jesus Christ. Yasmin no. was born and raised in the UK and yes. with an accent like that. It's Nickelodeon, guys. You really sound more American than me. I know. So for clarification, I was thinking of like 1940s, like UK. <laughs> so, but yeah, 1940s, like America. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Okay, maybe the future would probably be better. But the history nerd in me is like, go back in time. I would not go back in time. First of all, I already got spoiled with my phone. I think I would want to see what's happening on Instagram. And I feel like the future might scare me too. What if it's like really crazy? I feel like it will be what lit. What if we go too far? Everyone's just like an android and everyone's just like really weird. And I'm like, is this, this is like a dystopia. <laughs> like, oh, you know what? Actually. <laughs> then if, you'll come back to the present and be paranoid. Yeah. Cause you'll be like, we're heading in a bad direction and no one's going to believe me. <laughs> or I'll go back to the present and be like, damn, I can't use the upgraded Instagram. And I'll be really upset. The one upset. where I just blink my eye and like a picture. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually suck. So maybe I would go back in time. Not in America, because I would die. But in the UK. <laughs> and be like, damn, I'm going to live 
without anything for five years. And then when I get back to present day, I'm going to be like, wow, I yeah, wonder why iPhone came out. But if the future is crazy and then you go back, you're like, I know we're heading towards something hazardous. Guys. I feel like the future will be lit. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no, because think about the past. Yeah. Like everything was pretty bad. <laughs> it was. Like we're making was. baby steps. 50 years from now, people are going to be so used to people being like trans and people being But what gay. if we all live in a bubble because we've destroyed the planet? What if it's not fun? Oh my goodness. What if the world ended? Exactly. What if Yo! you end up just floating around as an amoeba in some scorched out Mad Max world and you're like, oops. See, oh, I overthink no. these things. This is getting too crazy, so I'm, I'm going to the this next game. one. I'm going to the next one. <laughs> Would you rather be invisible or would you rather read minds? Ah, I'd rather read minds. That would be fun because I feel like socializing could be simplified a lot more. Some people are unnecessarily cryptic. I'm not a cryptic person. So I feel like some people could just really do with like just saying what they were actually thinking. So I would love that. Yeah, I would read minds too. I was really trying to find an argument to say invisible is better, but you would be traumatized like a lot though. I'm thinking if we were able to read minds, I would hear all the shit that I don't want to hear. I know you might leave with a bit of a complex. It's like a person I'm like, hi, and they're like, she has a big head. And I'm like, it's true, but damn. <laughs> wow, okay. That's the first thing people notice all the time. <laughs> It would save you so much time. Yo, I'm just thinking about so many people that I do not talk to anymore. And I'm you like, were this like, yeah, like we'll keep in touch. And then they're hard to thinking, no, we won't. And I'd be like, I'm not gonna be texting you because I know we won't. So what made you create your platform? I had sort of avoided asexual community online spaces because it wasn't just that space I avoided. I avoided every space. It's like I'm not social, I'm not interested in talking to people. But you kind of end up spending more time online. And then it was like, for doing that, I was like, I'm seeing more of this and I'm seeing a very specific thing over and over again. And I feel like I could bring something to this space. And I feel like I'm complaining about there not being much black asexual representation in this space. But if I'm not actively doing anything and I kind of have a platform by this point, so I feel like I should do something. And that was kind of how it started but that was why like instagram was the only thing i had for ages like i didn't join twitter until 2019 like i was late was it hard finding those communities they sort of found me i kind of just started working within them and then it just kind of went by itself like i don't recall actively seeking it out at any point like yeah. i didn't think oh i'm gonna be an activist i was like studying sociology at the time so I was thinking that I was gonna go into whatever job you get with that degree did you just like randomly like put out a video one day you literally were like, I'm just gonna literally Whoa. it was like national coming out day I did like a, in like 2017 I think I did a things asexual girls like don't want to hear just an accumulation of all the things that I've heard so all of a sudden people are like hey do you want to come to our event or something I don't know if you met asexual people before but I if didn't. you're going yeah so that must have been like you probably met I did Other like, people, like I literally time. met people while doing like my engagement with the community very much happened. I was very much known within the community before I'd really done anything there. So like, I feel like my journey with it was weird because it's kind of like you show up to the party thinking you're the guest, but you're the host. So it was sort of like a weird oh, imbalance wow. that happened instantly. I'm like, hey, I'm Yasmin. I'm just here hanging out, asking questions. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're Yasmin. What are you oh doing here? And I'm like, I'm just here the same way you guys are, aren't I? Oh God, I'm not. <laughs> so, it was 
very much that. I didn't really know that was a thing. And people are like, will you come and talk here? I'm like, who, why, why? Yeah. And who the hell is going to take time out of their day to listen to some random person talk? Who does that? Lots of people, apparently. But I had no idea that was a thing. So everything that happened is very much bewildering. And like- It's interesting when you're an activist now during these times, because it's not like before when you're like an activist, you're at these events and blah, blah, blah. I feel like now... You're an activist, but also a social media influencer. It comes with the package. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole different thing to like focus on as well. It's a weird space to end. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Are there any projects that you're working on at the moment? My favorite thing I'm doing right now is the Stonewall Yasin Benoit Ace Project. We've just started the UK's first asexual rights initiative. We're going to be producing a report into asexual experiences and discrimination in the UK. We're not really protected under the Equality Act because it doesn't recognize this as a legitimate orientation. So we kind of wanted to come up with like policy and like legislative changes via this report because like I know there's a bunch of things going on but there isn't specific data into it yet there's never been a report into it so we're going to be starting the research this month and hopefully the report will be out even like late this year for example like the national lgbt survey of 2018 which was by the government like it kind of hinted at things but there's some things that the full report doesn't say, so you kind of have to do more digging, but asexual people are like the least likely to come out at work. We're 10% more likely to be offered or to undergo conversion therapy, more so than any of the other orientations. We're one of the most vulnerable groups to that, but we're still not protected in the band still. I've never seen an asexual person in media ever. There's like Todd and Bojack Horseman, if you ever watched Bojack Horseman. I don't watch it. I just know oh, that it's no, there. Oh, no, I've never watched it. <laughs> There's lots of people like, oh, there was like a hint of something there. It's like, yeah, I don't watch that much. Is TV, that so the I animal? Have. The horse, the one with the horse, the horse. The horse is the, is the asexual person? No, not the horse. No, his human friend. Oh. (laughs) His human friend of the horse. Oh, okay. (laughs) I actually don't even feel like most people know what asexual is. I feel like if you went to someone, right, that was trying to pick you up and you were like, I'm asexual, (laughs) they'd be like, oh, me too, baby. What type of freaky (laughs) thing is that, huh? I know. It's. I think usually when I'm just like, oh, like I don't have sex. That's all gonna happen. They're like a virgin. Oh, yes, a pure woman. Oh. And I'm like, oh god, oh, oh god. No. <laughs> I, I have had guys do a celebratory virgin dance in front of me. It looks a lot like an Irish jig. They're both black, which made it even stranger. But <laughs> <laughs> I have had. They were literally in a club doing that, and I was just standing there like. I'm a go. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I say I'm asexual and they're like, oh, sorry. And they just leave it. But sometimes, you know, it turns into a a whole thing. But I tend not to be in those environments very often. Yeah. Every time I go out for a party, it tends to be like a queer event or something. I definitely prefer DJing queer parties because I don't get that same Mm -hmm. energy when I'm DJing straight parties. Because I feel like every single time when I'm DJing like a straight club, a lot of people do not like to take no for an answer. And then they just get so irate. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, chill. For example, like earlier when I said like, if I I say I'm gay, it's like, no, you just haven't been with the right person. You don't even know me like... (laughs) Bye. I could have been with a hundred guys. Like, yeah, it doesn't like, make a difference. 
Oh. If anything, the more I've been with, the more evidence I have. And that's, and like, I've se- tried all the dicks and none of them work. Yeah. So, you know, I'm good. Thank you. And security never helps me either because they end up trying to chat me up too. Mm. It's such a problem. But when I'm in queer parties, people are so much more respectful of no. <laughs> I mean, I have had, uh, I did have a very thirsty lesbian once. Oh, was, yeah. I mean, you definitely she was like those. She was like, well, spaghetti's straight until it gets wet. And I was like, I say I was straight, but okay. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people do go crazy in those in in the queer spaces as well. But it but wasn't I even a queer like... space; it was just a stray lesbian that I happened to stumble across while I was a shot girl in a straight bar. The one stray lesbian, actually, no, I do think it was after an after pride party. So that actually, yeah, kind of makes sense. You should have been like, "I'm not spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ravioli." Okay. <laughs> There's. Probably somebody listening to this that is struggling with asexual stereotypes. What would you tell that person? I mean, it's going to sound very Disney Channel, (laughs) but like, be yourself. (laughs) I mean, it's easier said than done, but I feel like, you know, regardless of what community you're in, there's always some kind of preconceived idea or stereotype or association that you're kind of meant to fit into and I'm just like just do your thing with it I always feel like the terminology and the boxes is supposed to fit you you're not meant to fit the boxes mm. like if it's useful to use these words and to be in these spaces then do it if it's not useful it's not compulsory you don't have to use these labels you don't have to use this terminology you don't have to wave flags around or be in this space or like it's not essential to being able to live you can't just take it and run with it and do your own thing and I think that people just need to kind of get like less hungry up on the logistics and just like the essence of finding things that help you to live and then just live like yeah. that's what you're supposed to be doing asexuality is represented in the wrong ways a lot of times did that affect you were you ever like damn i hate life because i remember <laughs> when i came out and when i was like i actually really do like girls i was like damn why am i like this this sucks and then eventually i was like actually i'm so fired <laughs> <laughs> Who cares what every... Like, I actually felt more free because like I was forced into being free in a way or forced into discovering myself. For me, it's kind of like there wasn't enough general asexual stereotypes for me to inherently be like, oh, I don't experience sexual attraction. This means I have to be like this. It wasn't until other people started being like, hey, this is weird. We need to work this out. Are you this? Are you that? Are you this? Are you that? And every are you this was so negative that I was like, this is what we're associating me with on the basis of this one detail of my character. None of these things are very positive. And that was sort of where the stereotyping came from, just because of the way we are taught to conceptualize sexuality and what it's like to not experience it in a certain way. People assume all these other things about you. Yeah. And that was kind of when I was like, okay, this phenomenon is is represented like this because the way we're meant to experience sexuality is represented like this. So if you're not that, then you can't be any of these other things. That was very much kind of how it was. And even when it came to like, you know, seeing asexual representation online, it was very much Tumblr-esque white kids. And I have nothing against (laughs) Tumblr-esque white kids. You were the OGs, don't get me wrong. You did very helpful things, but it was also kind of cliche. And I was kind of like, I'm not a pink haired Tumblr white American girl, even though I might sound like one. So I was like, so where does this leave me? If this is the whole demographic of my community, then that's a, that's weird. Yeah. If this is everyone, then I feel like it was made up. If this is everyone. And what evidence do I have to suggest that this isn't everyone 
until I had, uh, fortunately had the opportunity to meet people in real life. And I was like, thank God, it just so happens that this is how it tends to be represented. This is what a fair chunk of the community is in the most privileged parts of the world. So that's what they amplify. And that becomes a representation. Therefore, that's what you see. And that's the stereotype, but that's not everyone. That's just what's shown to you the most. If you want to show the world that you're sick of labels, then head to the stereotype shop at cutbycrystal.com slash shop or head to my Instagram at DJ Crystal Lake. I actually loved creating these and I think they look pretty cool. So let me know if you like how they turned out as well. So many people probably feel scared because they probably are like, oh, can I find love or something? And there's different ways to find love or like just being with people. I feel like we just made such a great friendship. That's a part of love. I'm, be I'm being very extra right now, but like, no, you know but what I, I mean? mean? It's true. I mean, like I, I mean, I'm aromantic as well. So I don't experience romantic attraction. There are asexual people that do. I always get the question where people are like, oh, so you're like so lonely. It's like, why would I be loved? Cause I'm not having sex. Do you know how many lonely people have all the sex in the world and they're still lonely? Honestly. Ask around, guys. Like, that's not a prerequisite <laughs> to having the most full, fulfilling life ever, getting laid. Yeah. But I think it can be a symptom of the opposite, depending on, like, your psychology. Mm -hmm. I don't need to necessarily be dating someone or having sex with someone to be having a fulfilling, like, well-connected life. In fact, I feel over-connected half the time. I have too many connections. Yeah. Because there's so much to loving someone and spending mm. your life with them. Yeah. That that is more than sex <laughs> it is more than like damn you look really hot right now i mean if you've been dating someone for a while it's just they're not always gonna look that hot right? what happens when you're 70 and everything's drooping yeah what happens when you just woke up and your breath stinks and you gotta poop you're probably not that hot and that's what they're gonna wake up to every day if you live together let's be honest not everything's gonna be like damn you're looking sexy today you're probably not gonna be yeah. when you're stuffing ramen noodles in your face watching netflix you yeah. know it's not that essential how tv and media and what society forces down our throat as like what love is it's like no. Like, and if you do follow only, oh, I just want to have sex with this person and, and look at this person, then that's going to feel unfulfilling as f <laughs> I feel like the issue is, is that every time people see that, it's like, you know, the movie ends after two hours or one hour, 30 minutes. Like, what happens next is the question. Like, that's when people get confused. Like, I've done all this stuff, and now it's, like, meant to be, like, the happily ever after. But what yeah. do we do now? That's the perfect way to end this. <laughs> yeah, so make sure to follow Yasmin Benoit on her socials. At the Yasmin Benoit for pretty much everything. Benoit spelled B-E-N-O-I-T, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can do a Paris one. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> no, we need to end this now. In this episode, we covered that being asexual generally means having little to no sexual attraction towards others. We also learned that it is possible to love in other ways other than sex. And you can live a happy life just like anyone else if you are asexual because every person is unique and has their own ways of finding their happiness. If you enjoyed this show, please give it a rating and review. It tells the algorithm to boost this podcast and trust me, there are so many people that need to hear these discussions. So it would mean a lot if you do this to support the community and this podcast. Don't miss out on the next episode. I'll have George Lachey on the show and we'll be covering what an anti-racist is as well as what it means to be an ally. Until then, this was DJ Crystal Lake and remember, you are a person, not a label. I'll see you in the next one.